This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Let me ask you this, Brett, because you're you're touching on some absolutely uh, fascinating topics here. How do you think about? Because one of the things that that we think about a lot is brand. So, how do you think about the, the the Eastern State Penitentiary brand, or just more in general, like branding a museum? Do you think about it as like we have to create something that you know we have to think about ourselves the way that any consumer product good would think about themselves as a brand, or do you think about it differently? What are your thoughts there? Because I, let me because here's what's what's really interesting to me when I think about what you do. Brett, in terms of you and your colleagues, it's like your competition is almost anything that someone would want to do on a particular day to learn or enjoy or experience something. So you've got a wide swath of competition. How do you think about the music, branding yourself in a way that stands out? I think you're exactly right. When we think about competition, our competition is not only museums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Everybody, <laughs> most people have a certain amount of disposable income, and more and more, they have a certain amount of free time. And I think that their their free time is more limited now than maybe their disposable income. And so you're competing with all different types of entertainment options, educational options. Mm-hmm. We've Our strategy in that regard has been to have a very great visitor experience here, and we try and exceed the expectations of our visitors. And I think that anybody that runs a museum or runs a haunted house is going to say that. I think that we actually deliver it. And being a nonprofit, you might not have the same size budgets that for-profits have. Mm -hmm. For our daytime operation and our nighttime operation, we still, to this day, and we got our roots and have grown to be the size that we are today, a lot because of the word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And people come to our, our museum, they mm-hmm. come to the haunted house, and they have a great experience, and they used to tell other people about it. These days they post about it on social media. Yeah, interesting. But it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about branding, though, I think Eastern State Penitentiary has a unique challenge because we have two brands that we're operating out of the same building, mm. um, and they are probably the furthest thing that you would think that have anything in common. You know, during the day, we are the closest thing that the United States has to a national prison museum. Okay. We're open every day of the year, and we're talking about all these really important issues, um, and we do it in a very sensitive way. Mm-hmm. And then at night, we turn this building into a massive haunted house inside of a real prison. And that can be a real struggle. And mm. over the years, we've worked really hard to keep the two brands hmm. separate as much as possible in one respect, mm-hmm. but also to leverage them against each other to get people to do both experiences. Oh. But we really make it clear that we have a daytime operation, we have a brand there that is evolving. Um, I would say that I know that our marketing department has a plan to. Um, really evaluate the daytime brand Mm. and to look at where we should go from here. Um, The majority of our daytime visitors are tourists. Um, About 80% of the people that visit Eastern State during the day for a prison tour are tourists. Okay. Um, And one of the things we want to do is see how Philadelphians see Eastern State. And we know that traditionally most Philadelphians know us for our haunted house. Gotcha. Um, So that is one of the things that we're working on. But if you look at our Terror Behind the Walls brand, uh, I think it's a very successful brand. The, the Terror brand is a lot tighter than daytime. It's a lot more laser focused. Mm-hmm. When you look at those press photos, when you look at the imagery, the graphics, the logos, 
Everything holds together really well, and we are extremely serious about maintaining that brand. Mm -hmm. I think when you look at haunted houses, haunted houses are designed to look great in the dark. Mm. And when you look at other haunted houses and you do a Google search and you see a lot of imagery, you see a lot of imagery from the actors and the staff at those haunted houses taking pictures and behind the scenes areas, taking mm -hmm. selfies. We have a really strict social media policy. Okay. We don't allow our staff to do that. And we really work with them okay. to explain to them, why don't we, we want you to take a picture in the green room? Why don't we want you to post this selfie on uh, your Facebook page? And we give them some tools of photos that they can use and things like that. But we're really selling a product. That's mm -hmm. the way it is. We're selling an experience. And we want to control the imagery, the message, mm -hmm. the text, everything about our event. Um, and so those two brands don't seem like they fit together, but we work to make them fit together as best as possible. And in the fall, one of the great things about having this haunted house fundraiser is that we get to introduce the museum to folks that may never have mm -hmm. thought about stepping into a museum mm -hmm. in the next year. And so if you look at our website right now, it says, in the fall, there are two ways to visit Eastern State Penitentiary, daytime prison tours, nighttime haunted house. And the brands look different enough that you're not going to get confused and say, I thought I was on the daytime web or the terror website and you're on the daytime and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that messaging gets carried through everything we do in the fall. So when you, we produce about 5.2 million printed pieces for terror behind the walls, instead of selling some space on those printed pieces to other third parties or vendors, mm -hmm. we put a daytime prison coupon on there. Got it. Um, and so we have tons and tons, well, not tons and tons. We have a lot of third parties that are promoting this event and they're also helping us promote the museum. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting way interesting. as a nonprofit to mm -hmm. get your message out there. Mm -hmm. And it actually ends up being an advantage because you get to be right in somebody's hands, on their computer screen, on their phone, information about a museum mm -hmm. that is not typically what those folks would think about doing with their time. And we, one of our goals is to get folks to come twice, come for a daytime prison tour, come for terror behind the walls. And we kind of promote it as a day-night day, doubleheader <laughs> where they come during the day, they mm -hmm. have dinner in the neighborhood and they come back at night and have this awesome haunted house experience. Now, Brett, I just have to ask, this is absolutely interesting because you've got a, a bit of a challenge here. You've got dueling brands, or not dueling, but double brands inside one building. So you're working on keeping that, creating the cohesiveness around that. And one of the things that I find particularly interesting, I want you to speak to this, you, you've started to touch on this, is the idea of having close control over the brand in terms of the folks that are delivering the brand. And this is something that I see coming up a lot uh, Brett, in terms of companies that struggle with the idea of, you know, we believe we are a particular type of company or we are a brand and we sell that image to our customers. But when they show up, it's the frontline people that are actually delivering on that promise, if you will. And so they, I've often hear, heard folks 
you know, lament about the challenges of the disconnect between kind of the frontline people's delivery of the experience that can either uphold or sort of disconfirm the brand and how to keep that, you know, consistent. And it sounds like you've got some ways to do that. What are some of the ways that you do that on the daytime piece as well for when they show up, folks show up, the 80% of the tourists who show up to experience uh, Eastern State in the daytime? How do you make sure that that experience, and it sounds like it's working through the word of mouth piece here, but how do you ensure that that continues to be successful? Well, I think the first thing that I would say is I would give credit to our staff. I think that you have to hire the right people. Um, And so we really try and look for folks that have a great attitude, that want to talk to people, that want to work with the public. I think that that is, I mean, customer service is one of the things that is never finished for an organization. Mm -hmm. I always say this, it's a day in and day out priority that has to be focused on. Otherwise, it's going to erode over time. And Mm -hmm. so we really focus on hiring people that want to speak with the public, that in, that want to do this work, that enjoy doing this work. Because you, if you work for our daytime prison tour program, mm-hmm. in a given day, you're going to have 100 people ask you, where's Al Capone's cell? <laughs> and we always talk to our staff about, it's the 100th time you've heard that in the last hour. It's the first time that the guest has asked that question. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of training with our staff. Okay. We do a lot of role play with our staff. Um, We also try and get our staff, um, regardless of their role in the organization, to work on site. We have a program called Connecting, where every single person, whether you're an accountant, whether you're in marketing, Mm -hmm. whether you're operations, you work on site at least a day and a half um, every year. And then throughout the rest of the year, we want to make sure that you're actually attending our events, that you're taking a moment to get away from your desk and go out on the site and talk with the public to participate Mm -hmm. in a hands-on history experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to make sure that you're maintaining that connection across the organization. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that we've learned as we've grown as an organization that Um, people that used to spend a lot more time with the public are now sitting behind desks in offices and are not out on the site as much. And you have to remember at the end of the day, everything that we do here is, is for the public. And I think you also have to give the public the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, sometimes folks come to our, our site and they don't arrive after having the best day. Sometimes Mm. they arrive and they've had a flat tire. Um, you know, they had a challenge getting here. Maybe they got the wrong information from, um, you know, about your pricing from somewhere. Mm, Somebody mm-hmm. told them the wrong information. And I always try and impress upon our staff, we can't fix the things that happen before guests arrive at our site, mm-hmm. but we can take a bad situation and turn it into a good situation. And we've worked over the years to empower our staff. Um, So we have different programs. We actually have a program where our staff are empowered that if they're talking to a guest and a guest for, you know, there's certain parameters, but if a guest they feel can't afford to come into the prison that day for a tour, Mm. or if they just want to make that guest day special, if they find out it's somebody's birthday that day, it's somebody's anniversary, that there are ways for that staff member without talking to a manager, without getting Mm -hmm, approval, mm -hmm. right there on the spot to say, you know what? Wow. You're going to be my guest. Come in. We want you to have a tour today. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's about hiring the right people, 
It's about empowering those people Mm -hmm. and it's about giving them the tools to be successful and continuing to train them and invest in them as they work for you. Um, When you think about our Halloween event, most people that work at a haunted house think a haunted house is only about scaring and I think that most haunted houses don't have a lot of training. For Mm. Terror Behind the Walls, our staff goes through a three-week training program. Oh, wow. And the first thing that they do is they learn about the organization's history. They learn about the mission. They learn about why we do this event. Um, And before they ever step foot into a haunted house, before we ever teach them how to effectively scare somebody, they're learning about safety. They're learning Mm -hmm. about customer service. Mm -hmm. Um, This year for the entire organization, we've added accessibility etiquette training Mm. because I think that's just another extension of customer service. It's about making sure that people feel welcomed um, when they're at your property. And it's sometimes it's kind of counterintuitive because a haunted house is a scary environment. Mm -hmm. Um, but you still are providing customer service. You still have to have people feel welcome. Um, and it has to be done in the right way. You know, being rude to somebody is not scary. (laughs) And it's funny. At one point we actually, for our managers, probably about five or six years ago, at one of our trainings, we printed them all t-shirts with the phrase rude is not scary on it. Because a lot of times if actors are weaker or they don't receive the proper training. You mm-hmm. see that other haunted houses, they kind of fall back on the idea of being rude. Interesting. And that's the last thing that someone wants to experience when they come to a haunted house. And again, these things are not things that you do once. They're things that you do all the time. Even in a 32-night event, it's something that we're focusing on every day, every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, when you work for us at Terror, every night, your department has a pre-show meeting and a post-show meeting mm-hmm. where we're talking about these things, talking about what we want to focus on, recapping the night, seeing how things went and seeing where we can improve. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool stuff. Brett Bertolino, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was great to have you and I hope you'll come see us again. Anytime. We're open till November 10th. So uh, Halloween ends for some folks on the 31st, but not in the haunted house industry. Awesome. (laughs) I appreciate you, sir. Happy Halloween to you. Uh, Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Brett and Eastern State Penitentiary, you can head on over to easternstate.org or terrorbehindthewalls.com. Now, it's pretty cool, this Terror Behind the Walls, because my understanding is there are actually six different uh, sort of events that can happen that you can sort of see at the Terror Behind the Walls uh, Halloween uh, 32-day special that they've got going over there. So check it out. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 